G'day guys, welcome back to the True Footy Podcast. Today, our podcast, like much of our content, is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Manscaped are the world leaders in male grooming products and they've recently launched the Lawnmower 4.0 Body Hair Trimmer. As you can see, it's got a little light on it to illuminate your nuts as you're shaving them and it's got a 90 minute battery runtime, so you can watch- Is that some skin safe technology I see there? It is, it's ceramic bladed so that you don't cut your nuts as you're shaving and you can do it for up to 90 minutes, so that's like two and a half quarters of a final this final series. What else does Manscaped have in their performance package this season? Well, if you'd like to stay fresh, you can use their reviving crop mop ball wipes. If you'd like a clean start, you can use their crop cleanser, ball cleaner and body wash. I could go for some of that right now. If you're into foot stuff, you can use their foot dusting foot deodorant to make that area smell a bit more pleasant if the smell isn't part of your kink. We're trying very hard to drown out the dog. And after you've done all that and you need a finishing touch, use their refined cologne by Manscaped. This Father's Day, if you're looking for a great gift from your dad, you can get 20% off that product and free shipping by going to manscaped.com and using our exclusive code TRUEFOOTY20, all caps, all one word. You get a great discount, free shipping, and you'll be supporting the channel. Bloody earth. Let's get into the video. Alright, hello there. Welcome to True Footy Podcast 80, joined once again by Daniel H. Busher. How are you? Good, except that hello there, you got me going because of our conversation just prior to the podcast with that hello there. I was just mm. sitting there just going, General Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> well, if people didn't think we were virgins before, uh, now they They'd know. only be 50% right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome you back. You can figure that one out, audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be back, Pusher. You've had uh, your 26th birthday, birthday this weekend. How yep. was it? Yeah, it was a pretty quiet one. I was very quiet considering my meniscus issue I'm currently mm. having. Mm. I'm awaiting an MRI whether to find out whether it's a strain or a tear, so that's fun. How did you do it? Bit of a basketball injury, like... I was mm. shooting like crap, so I was making up for it, hustling for offensive rebounds and stuff mm. like this, and landed funny, so if only I was shooting well, I wouldn't have been hustling so hard. Yeah, true. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sweet. So today we're going to crack into the season reviews of all the finals, uh, sorry, of all the non-finalists, I should say. Uh, so all the teams that are obviously not partaking in the finals this year are the teams the we're going to go through. Yeah, the losers, yeah, of which are, both of our clubs are involved exactly. in that, so this is going to be a fun potty. Um, I will say that... Uh, this particular podcast, the entire audio version will be uploaded uh, to our audio platforms or at least Spotify. I think we're having issues with that at the moment. Um, so I'll say if you're if you're a listener of the podcast, a lot of our episodes have just vanished um, because we're on a new host. So it may only be Spotify you can listen to this. Um, but all the uh, individual season reviews we're going to upload to YouTube as different videos. So that's just explaining how we're going to do that. whole lot of spicy content. It is. Yeah, it is. Really is. And on that note, we're going to start with North Melbourne's season review. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Antifas of Spice. <laughs> Actually, ironically, they did just debut a player called Phoenix Spicer. Oh, nice. Which is one of the spicier names in the league. I remember that name Other draft, than Sam back Pelper. in the draft day. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, so, we'll start off with North Melbourne. Uh, position 18th on the ladder. The mm-hmm. Wooden Spooners of this year. Their record was four wins, one draw, and 17 losses. Uh, and their percentage was 70.3%. They started the season incredibly poorly, but ended it more or less not looking like the Wooden Spoon team. What did you make of North Melbourne yourself? But they seem to be like the most well-regarded Wooden Spoon mm. team in history, I'd almost say. Mm. like A lot of people are going like, despite the fact they were Wooden Spooners, they're a lot better than everyone thought they were going to be because 
I think that's just probably a byproduct of expectation of them being that low. Mm. Anything was going to succeed it. Mm. I think it's also and they have had, they have had a bit of more success and people saw they're ahead of schedule. I'd say all that sort of stuff. I think it's also because they ended the season well. Whereas Adelaide you, did the same thing last year. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. you're like, oh, Adelaide are great. But midway yeah. through the season, would uh, certainly with Adelaide, they were winless, and we were talking about them as being, yeah, you know, potentially going winless that year. Um, had you flipped North Melbourne's fortunes this year and they'd started the season well and ended it poorly, then the, the narrative I think it was 2016 it, again. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> well, not quite that bad. But yeah, the the um, the narrative around a four-win team uh, would be a bit different. But then again, it is it is promising that the a young side has improved mm. and that's something they can really take it into next year. Have you seen enough to feel confident about their rebuild? The four wins thing stands out to me because I remember when Freo first went to Pierce at the end of the 2015 type run, four wins was like our baseline. The fact that they're already there sort of seems like a pretty mm. good indicator that they've got something to build on. They did improve by one win, uh, yeah. albeit in a shortened season, so you extrapolate yeah. that and that's about the yeah. same, <laughs> to the be course, honest. Yeah. But it is, it is, uh, and they've gone down on the ladder. Yeah. But um, I think... They- uh, yeah, that was the other point because when we had our four-win season, we were nowhere near the bottom of the ladder. Like when we had our body. Is that right? I thought you were like second last. Oh, yeah, something like that. Uh, maybe, yeah. I don't actually maybe I'm talking about my last, yeah. It was a 2016 draft. Oh, maybe not. It was Griffin Logue. With yeah, six, yeah, seven, six yeah. Six or seven, yeah, there you go. Yeah, because we weren't as putrid with the four wins. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The fact they're bottom of the ladder but with four wins means maybe most years they wouldn't be bottom of the ladder with four wins. I think that was sort of what I was trying to get yeah, at. Yeah, maybe. I confused myself a bit there to be quite truthful. Well, four wins used to get you a priority pick automatically. So, yeah. it is a little stanky. Uh, but we, I think there's a lot of positives for them. Um, okay. I think LDU is a player that their their rebuild is kind of not reliant upon, but he, I think for him as their X Factor star mid in the future, he's one that I really need to to Take make sure step. he hits that potential. Yeah. Um, guys like Simkin, we've been talking about a lot this year. Stevenson's been a nice addition. Yeah. Nick Larkey up forward. Um, Zohar even. Yeah, Zohar awesome. as well. There's there's a lot of good young kids. Taron Thomas is another one. Yep. Um, where you can you can see the shoots, the green shoots. Um, as opposed to, you know, maybe 12 months ago. It wasn't quite as obvious that these players were going to take the next step. Hall and Zeeble as well, I'd say, as senior players that were given sort of um, different roles a little bit, yeah. but particularly Zeeble, who's played a bit more uh, defence this year. I remember I got torn to shreds on the mid-season All-Australian for putting him in my All-Australian. Mm, yeah. And I do say the point, he, was a bit, he is a bit of an empty stats guy back there, but... Mm. Yeah, I remember yeah. those comments as well. Yeah. Uh, I think and I didn't a... disagree with him entirely with those when I read them, to be fair. Yeah, he, I think he had a pretty productive season, as did Aaron Hall, uh, particularly yeah. if you're Hall, in, was into very your good. fantasy as yeah. well. Um, yeah, but overall, um, what about some negatives? I'd say the eight losses to start the season. Yeah. One win to, from the first 13. You kind of don't want that roller coaster as much. You kind of want a bit more sort of yeah. even keel sort of thing rather than just having like the good end of the year and the dog shit start here. That's right. They'd probably like those wins probably spread out a bit more, a yeah. bit more consistency in the structure and routine that they're trying to create. I would say that the um, the the it is better to finish the season the way they did rather than yeah. uh, end the season poorly. Um, that that would be my yeah, certainly, observation. But, uh, wooden spoon as yeah. well as a negative, and this year I think they don't really get pick one. Like they might because yeah. they've got they might just take Jason Horn out right, but it seems like more people in the know than not would. Yeah. At the moment, prefer Nick Dacos. So, yeah. similar to Adelaide last year with Jamara Ubuhagen being the best prospect, pick one, it's one of the worst years to have pick one. <laughs> Two theory. people that are biddable. 
Yeah, yeah. That being said, they could still end up with an absolute gem in Jason uh, Horn Francis. I yeah. think he's just changed his name to. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the. Been a controversy with that, I believe, because there's some controversy about the stepfather or whatever he's changed the step name, yeah. name to. I don't know what the rules are on that. So yeah, just to clarify, I think it's uh, he's changed his surname to honor his stepfather, and then yeah. that that might throw in some father son. No, no, is it, that what it was? No, or? no, it's more the stepfather's done historically apparently bashed a ex-partner oh, or okay. something I, so everyone's was... like critical going oh why would you take that guy's name that's where that criticism's come from apparently okay I did not pick yeah. that up at all um, his old man played AFL or Sandful or something like the stepfather I mean yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm confusing it I, I don't know if somebody just said that you could like um, misuse the rule in that way or, or if it actually was well, that actually a twig to the father son I don't know huh. so <laughs> that'd be weird. it's literally never come up and uh yeah, change my last name to Pavlich so I can get picked up by yeah, Freeman. No, nah. nah, I don't think so. I don't think that, that's realistic. Um, but anyway, uh, so in terms of the off-season strategy, they've got picks 1, 20, 38, and 70. Uh, what would you do if you're North Melbourne this off-season? Best available, strategy, really. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're cool. still at a best available picks rather than mm. sort of trying to fit around what they've got. Take yeah. what you think's the best kid to play football. I don't think they're in a position to need to add mature talent yet. I think it's just mm. a case of use the picks you have to get the best available young talent. Um, they will probably end up with Jason Horn Francis, but um, they're probably at the point where they probably need to look more at key position as well. Because I'm mm. thinking their young midfield is looking pretty stacked. Yeah. Uh, at least, they, I mean, we picked Will Phillips with pick three last year. You add Horn Francis to that. You got LDU, who's a young fella in that team. Powell. Simkin. Simkin. Uh, yeah, Tom Powell, exactly right. Mm. So, that that side of it seems pretty well stocked. Um, take the best available with pick one or two, whatever it ends up being. But I think key position talent is um, is what they should be looking at. What is your overall grade for them this year? Uh, I saw someone give them like a B, which is probably a bit of a stretch. So I'd probably say a C plus, I think. Okay. I went with a flat C. Yeah. At the end of the day, they won the wooden spoon. There were some yeah. positives um, and they improved by win. Well, kind of not really if you extrapolate it out. Um, I'd say they went about what we expected, yeah. to be honest. So they get. I thought they were a little better than. That. I thought they'd be a little worse. Yeah, but it, at the end of the day, on paper, it doesn't. They didn't actually outperform many other wooden spooners. Yeah, I'm probably being a bit harsh there. I, I just think. Well, I think we saw enough to be optimistic, but in terms of what they achieved this year, that's why uh, they get a C for me. Fair shake. Sweet. All right, we'll move on to Collingwood, who are the second last team this year. They finished seventeenth with a record of six and sixteen. And a percentage of 85.6%. In short, a season from hell for a team that won a final last year. Are there any positives for Collingwood this year? Nothing I can think of, except the fact that they're probably paying fair price with their draft pick for Nick Dacos. That's probably a more broader <laughs> positive, but that's certainly not positive for Collingwood specifically. But don't forget they don't have pick two. It's GWS's. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. They got rid of it. But like, oh, okay. if they'd kept the pick, that would have been fair value. Yeah. That's sort of what I was meant. Okay, yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. So it would have been good for the league if they just took him normally. Yeah. I'd say this is one of the worst individual uh, team seasons out of going, to be yeah. honest, out of, out of anyone this year. Especially adding the off-field context. Yeah, and when you measure it against pre-season expectations. So, again, their fans might be like, oh, okay, so we got some exposure into Trent Bianco, uh, Oliver Henry, uh, Mc- Finley McRae, Bo McCreary. They do have some good kits. Then they did a good job of getting that exposure to those kids. But... When you measure it against preseason expectations, they should never have been a bottom two team this year. Yeah, definitely not. Um, and they've ended up losing their coach. So that's mm. another negative, I would say. Yeah. You can't say it's a positive when you lose your coach, even if you didn't mm. like Nathan Buckley. <laughs> it just shows how bad this year was. Um, 
on the plus side, they did win in Buckley's last game. Yeah. That's another huge positive out yeah, of this year. Fuck yeah. Um, Jordan to go into the midfield experiment, mm. I'd say, was probably another. Um, overall success. Overall success, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, right. had some monster games. Yeah. The negatives, to sum it up, basically, they won a final last year and fell to 17th. So mm. can't really say that's anything other than an abject failure. Generally uncompetitive when the 22 they were putting out was mature, particularly early in the season. So their early season form wasn't great either. Um, yeah. And they didn't have the young kid excuse. That was sort of, mm. if I'm not mistaken, that they sort of added those plays in later. Yeah. The injury run was at least comparable, if not better, to the years they were actually decent. So it was just a case of everything fell out the ass this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're not the only club that did that this year. But um, yeah, as I said, the, co- the fact that the coach didn't last the season uh, is, uh, is telling yeah. on how their season was. Another negative. Even though his bodyguard left the president position. Well, that's another negative as well. Yeah. The Do Better report was this year as well. So yeah. you kind of have to tie that in a little bit. Uh, it wasn't so much an on, on-field failure or anything like that, but uh, it's just the, it's just getting from bad to worse for Collingwood this year. Yeah. Um, and they have no pick two. So the criticism with this is obviously with Dacos, uh, if they match the bid, they'd lose pick two anyway. But what they traded pick two for in effect to GWS was like they 24 more, and 30. Exactly. They so in more. Yeah, it's a hindsight game, but... Mm. Ultimately, it wasn't a very good deal. Uh, they could have waited to the end. They could have still made that deal this year. They could have yeah. kept the pick and made a deal this year before the draft. Mm. Yeah, I think they wanted to invest in last year's draft. So uh, getting yeah, getting your McRae's and Henry's or whatever they ended uh, up taking. Reef McInnes. Yeah, Reef McInnes. Well. Caleb Poulter. Caleb Poulter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they did. Oh yeah, Poulter was another one who was yeah. pretty good this year. Um, yeah. So they got something out of it, but. All in all, that yeah. it kind of backfired a little bit. I, they, yeah. they certainly wouldn't have intended to trade pick two had they known it was going to be pick two. Yeah, so. they could have made some big moves for that for sure. Teams would have traded up for it, buddy. Yep, could have gotten spicy. How do you grade them? Big old F. Mm. Yeah, me too. I don't think there's any other way. To Actually, I'll go with it. T for troll. <laughs> go that Harry Potter reference. Yeah, I know exactly what you're referring to. The owls. <laughs> uh, okay, I agree on an F. Uh, draft selections are going to be 33, 39, 41, and 45. So four second to third rounders there. Do they move down much or get adjusted once they have to match the bid? Oh, uh, yeah. So 30, I don't know on points off the top of my head, but if they just keep with those picks as they have them at the moment, they'll lose, I don't know, two to three of them, maybe three picks for to match big pick one. Maybe all of them. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, not much of a draft hand, but they are going to get day cost. So, um, off-season strategy, I think their hands are a little bit tied. Yeah, they can't. I don't do think. Uh, I don't know if anyone's going to be leaving the club. I do understand that they still have some salary cap issues. Mm. Um, so I don't know what effect that will have. I got optimistic a few days ago when all that Pendlebury stuff came out. I was like sitting there like, oh, Pendles, come to Freo, player, coach, get it yeah. on, son. I thought that might happen as well. Uh, but then, yeah, Pendles sort of... Um, He's come out and sort of said he wants to stay at Collingwood. But yep. still, other players have come out and said they want to stay at places before and the club sort of... It sort of seems like <laughs> Hawthorne made that decision. Pretty much every Hawthorne player to leave in the last five yeah, years. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> Hawthorne made that decision as much as Sam Mitchell did. Uh, yeah, same with Jordan yeah. Lewis as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Um Cool. So we'll move on to the Gold Coast Suns, who finished third last, aka sixteenth, with a record of seven and fifteen, and the percentage was seventy six point eight percent. You are really huffing down that vape. <laughs> um, we're not sponsored by vape, but maybe we should get, should be. Um, uh, anyway, in terms of Gold Coast snapshot, they were, I'd say, overall, 
it was a year where maybe it didn't translate in wins and losses. So they won two more than last year. Uh, but if you extrapolate that, that's only a very small incremental improvement. But I think it is a positive that they sustained their effort levels over the yeah. year a bit better. Um, the story of the last couple of years has been that they've started the season well uh, and then towards the end of the year were completely uncompetitive. And that wasn't the case this year. I think they beat Carlton in like the last two or three rounds of the season. Uh, they had a late win. That's what it was. Um Positives for the Gold Coast? They kind of had what I was alluding to when I was talking about North Melbourne in that consistency throughout the year. Like, they've sort of created those structures and, like, routines and stuff. And it sort of showed throughout the year, regardless of what lineups they've had, because they have had some injury adversity and stuff. Mm. It's sort of shown there. So, like, they've got that even keeledness that you'd like to see for a club to build on and grow into something special. I've been quite defensive of Gold Coast this year. They've copped some criticism. I think things are going about as well as they can realistically expect. The, what we have seen, I think, is a transition where the, the young players are really taking a step up. So Ben King was in All-Australian, the frame for it, like with a month to go in the season. He's a young guy. He had uh, Top seven or so in the Coleman. Yeah, and he was in the top three to five at one point, yeah. I think. So uh, I think he was genuinely third in the Coleman, yeah. yeah. So uh, I think he kicked 40-odd goals in a team that was struggling on field. Tuke Miller. Tuke, bloody great year. I didn't look this up, but could he be the first non-Gary Ablett All-Australian they've had? I don't think they've had another All-Australian. Probably. I don't think so. I could be wrong. Let Maybe us know a comments. defender or something, yeah. Mm. Like a Harbrow or something like that. Yeah, I, some... I don't think so, though. Maybe, yeah. Let us know in the comments so we don't have to do our own research. <laughs> yeah. But either way, uh, he would generally be in that conversation. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get, get a spot, to be honest. Um, but also, just their general youth... Um, drove that improvement. I think Anderson had a pretty understated season. He didn't get the second year blues, that's for sure. No, if anything, he improved. He was getting 30 posy games. Doesn't really get talked about because of the, how much talent they have. And a couple other young guys like Will Powell and Jeremy Sharp, both from WA. Uh, Powell in that back line. I think Sharp as well played a bit of back. Um, bit of back wing. Back, yeah, I was going to say he's, he's an outside mid that sort yeah. of maybe played a bit defensively and um, got his hands on the footy and impacted as well. So... It's good when your younger guys are taking more of the mantle. Even if you don't yeah. improve in wins and losses, I think that's something promising, um, which is something I can Kind say of like about. what you saw in Freo last year. Yeah, 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 or even this year. We will get yeah. to Freo, but I agree. Uh, what, are, what are your negatives for the Gold Coast Suns? I don't like all this chatter around Stewie Jew's security. I think they should back him in and just sort yeah. of go, hey, this is our guy. Mm. The only tweak they could potentially make is Clarko was open to it was like a director of coaching work because Clarko and Dua closed from their Hawthorne days. Yeah. Where Clarko can really, at the top, sort of try and instill like that higher level club culture that Gold Coast is still sort of trying to foster. I agree. And uh, I have the same position with Carlton as well. I think I think they should back Dewey. I don't... Uh, like, the wins and losses shouldn't be his main metric at the moment. Yeah. And I think they made the mistake not long ago of sacking Guy McKenna when things weren't going too poorly. Rodney Ede takes over because he's seen as a coach who can take them to the next level and he completely fails. They go through another rebuild. <laughs> I think they should stick fat with Drew unless, like you say, Clarkson says, hey, this challenge might be worth it. But, I mean, it, okay, for specifically on Clarkson, I think he's taking a year off. Yeah, Drew's got... I don't know what his contract status is. I think he's probably not out At of contract. At least a year. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say he's not out of contract, otherwise he'd be gone scared. So, but I know Teggy has a year left. That's right. So uh, I agree that they should stick fat with him. The, the one thing I did think was a, a real concern in hindsight is their percentage went down by 14%. So it was nearly it was over 90% last year, and it's down to 76.8. Fuck, that's putrid. Yeah, man. so in theory, that's um, El Stanco, as they say. Definitely in, in Mexico. El Stanco. Yeah. 
Absolute putrid. I agree, though. Um, Jared Witt's doing his ACL doesn't help because he that does his ACL. That is very big for the big loss because their rock depth beyond him was mm. non-existent. I was going to say, they had uh, Zach Smith um, mm. and he's retired now. Yeah. So um, they'll need Witt's back. And he's a, he's a quality player. Yeah, he was their captain. captain. Exactly yeah. right. Uh, Rao didn't really get firing, but it was also... That's that's probably a negative... I would reframe yeah. that negative and say... Rao not getting on the field for half of half a year, yeah. like that. That was a massive. Not getting point. a chance to build on his limited first year because he had mm. the rough end as well. Yeah, so if Rao plays this year like he played in twenty twenty, then I reckon they pinch a couple extra games. To be yeah. honest, like he's he's a quality player. Um, I, I don't think it's a big deal that he didn't fire, but it's just probably something that they wish had happened. They're um, banking on it, I think, a little. Yeah, I think I think there's been a lot of external pressure and expectation on Rao that he was going to come in and be this brown low quality player straight away and I thought that was always going to be really unrealistic. Especially with the Walsh precedent was probably set, mm. set him up for a harsh sort of thing in that kind of regard. True, true. The draft selections are 3, 19, 22 and 43. How do you think they should navigate through this offseason? Goldie. Gold Coast. Yeah. I, I don't mind the idea of like targeting more Brandon Ellis type dudes for mm. him actually like those fringe 22 guys that can show the young guys the rope, show them that degree of professionalism from other clubs yep. fill out their list rather than necessarily trying to top out with more top end guys probably keep the first couple of picks and take like a best available yeah sort of thing but beyond that nothing too wild from them yeah no home I wouldn't try and hit a home run let's put it that way every off season we hear about a young team putting their top three pick on the on the table uh, and it's fielding offers, and it's almost never happened. It never really gets traded. They're just um, that valued. They are, picks. but it also doesn't work that way in which you offer the pick first. The players, the, if a player, a big player is going to move, that's the, the person you need to court first. So it's there's no good Gold Coast saying, all right, pick three's on the table. Who are you going to? Which star player are you going to offer? Trades don't work that way. You got to you got to court the player first, and then. Uh, use that pick but I think they're in a position where they could trade pick three for a yeah. star player oh you've got to court the players first apparently Carlton and Adam Chara haven't talked that is weird we will we will get <laughs> to that but that is a fair point to bring up. That, that is strange but stuff. realistically they're talking to managers and shit that's a crock of crap really yeah but yeah carry on uh, I, I think in terms of their list um, more maturity like you said I'm not too sure who yet but somebody who's going to be best 22 not necessarily a another Anthony Miles, Corey Ellis kind of setup. I think they should go for someone who's actually going to be in their best 22 and improve them in the short term, and that will help sell the future to the guys that they've got at the moment. Uh, and I think they could... I think they should pick up another key position defender as well. Yeah. You've got Sam Collins is pretty good, obviously good. Yeah, little undersized, but he's very good. I love that's, Sam Collins. That's right. So between yeah. Collins and Ballard, who are two very good players, yeah. none of them are like real hulking, strong key yeah. defenders who are going to be able to take on a Max King in the future mm. or whatever. Once so, he puts on those kegs. Yeah, so I think like a Gib kiss in the draft or something like that, but we'll do draft content later. I gave him a C for this year. Would you deviate from that? Nah, I'd probably stick with that really. Like, I did what they could. They had some nice wins in like, that win where Tony Cochran was carrying on like a poor chop loving mm. it on telly after they had that win. Mm. That was good to see for the club. Yeah. They had some real iconic positives compared to other years where they might have had better years, but they weren't didn't have those like standout positives. Yeah, they've had some real standout like, yeah. Gold they did Coasters. beat Sydney by seven goals. Yeah, <laughs> so I should have mentioned yeah. that. Like they're having those sort of moments where you're like, yeah, something's going on in Gold Coast, rather mm. than just sort of, yeah, this team's plodding along. Yeah, yeah, fair point, fair summary. We'll move on to the Adelaide Crows now, who slipped, uh, well, not slipped, but rose to the top of the bottom four uh, with their last round win. They finished fifteenth, seven and fifteen record, and a percentage of eighty-two percent. They started three and one after four rounds, and people were thinking, "Yeah, final smoky." And then, understandably, 
dropped off a little bit. Um, but those wins throughout this year included wins over Melbourne and Geelong, who were considered two of the major premiership contenders, and they improved by four wins on their wooden spoon. Controversial point. Mm-hmm. Taylor Walker missed out on being All-Australian. Fair enough? Definitely fair enough. Yeah, okay. Like, he missed a bit of time towards the end. We so He slowed down after yeah. the big start. Yeah. The obvious elephant in the room with Taylor Walker. Well, yeah, that, that was more what I was getting at. Do you think it was performance that they did it, or because he disgraced himself? Because, I, I, I mean, to not could, make the squad, I think his performance, if you're just putting aside that other stuff... Yeah, um, could have got him in the 40, but... Yeah, I do wonder if that was a factor. They're not going to come out and say it, though. Yeah. It would have it been it would have been a thing that tipped <clears throat> over the edge, like because he was slowing down. There's probably where other forwards that you'd pick before him, definitely. Mm. Yeah. Like, even Norton and Bruce, I don't think, made the squad. And they were both pretty mm, competitive in the Coleman... Yeah, not, Norton extent. less so. He kicked like 38 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but Bruce kicked 48, I yeah. think. So, um, yeah, fair enough. I, th- I think he was destined to be All-Australian this year and then he mm. screwed himself and that's his own fault. I'm yeah. not defending him at all. Just, uh, it was just an But even point. injured going in, his output was on the downwards before he made a goose yeah, of himself. Yeah, you're right. Percentage increased by 18% this year. Uh, that's That's huge. To be honest, um, I won the wooden spoon last year. I think the youth developed as well, um, as you'd hope for a young team. But Jordan Butts uh, sort of emerged as a decent key position prospect. I had him in my fantasy team, not by choice. <laughs> it was more because I, he was one of the young guys I picked up, and then everyone else got injured. So, but no, it's solid season for him. Schoenberg was good. Phil Thorpe uh, yeah. as well, keep five on debut and looking up just and a, down, but he was good. Yeah, yeah, as you'd expect. But I mean, as a young first year run yeah. forward, like most of those guys don't even de- debut that early. Uh, and McAdam was another one as well. Seedsman was one of their better players this year. Yeah, it was a nice little pickup for me in draft fantasy, Seedsy. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's a good handy player, and that's a player that Colin would probably regret giving up. Negatives. So after their first month, they only won four of their next 18 games. So um, overall, stinkalicious. Um, so the, uh, while they played some very good footy, they went through a period where they were arguably the worst form side in the comp. Um, but again, this team won the wooden spoon last year, so that's understandable. Some of their losses were quite poor and uncompetitive. The GWS one, I remember streaming. We got uh, they got annihilated, lowest score ever against Essendon this year, and some other bad losses like the first showdown and uh, the Bulldogs as well. Um, and I, I think Taylor Walker, you have to put in the negatives, mm. which is bizarre because he <laughs> qualifies as both a positive and a negative this year. Uh, he single-handedly, uh, almost single-handedly, dragged them into relevancy in the first yeah. couple of months of the season. He was an absolute in superstar form and ends the season in disgrace and probably will never play AFL again, is my guess. Yeah, I'd guess they'd keep him away. Yeah. So that's a real deflating and unfortunate end to well, his career. That's how he's going to remember now. That's his legacy almost. Great player, but uh, um, shot himself in the foot there. Yeah, yeah. It's just a couple of silly words in public. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unacceptable. Certainly mm. not condoned by anyone on True Footy. Um, the draft selections this year are four, twenty-three, thirty-seven, and fifty-nine. How do you think they should uh, strategize this off-season? What do you think they're at? I'd say what I've said so far, best available. But in their case, if they can somehow manage a sw- trade up to mm. land Horn, mm. that's something I'd be looking into if I was them because he's a local boy, obviously. Yeah. If they can leverage that pick for maybe future first would probably be a bit ballsy. Well, they're only going to be moving up three picks. So pick four and a future first for pick one, as it stands, that is a lot to give up. Yeah. That, when that yeah. could be pick five next year. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um I don't know what it would take North to... 
Maybe yeah. North trade down because they're like, oh, midfield set. I don't know. It's yeah. just, that's me just hypothesizing. But mm. um, if I, I wouldn't if I was North. But uh, yeah, maybe just 4 and 23 you get it done. I don't think 4 and 23 get Not it to done. Maybe 4, 23 and future second. Not to be confused with the pie. Yeah, that's fair. 423, future second is yeah. probably about right, I yeah. think. And then North Melbourne still get a decent player. Either yeah. way, it's something uh, that Adelaide should explore, I agree. Yeah. More kids into their list. Um, they got rid of some uh, experienced players. So Tom Lynch not offered a new contract. Same with Daniel Talia. Uh, whereas Mackay, or McKay, I think he goes by, is actually retired now. So that's yeah, three. Yeah, David McKay retired. Taylor Walker gone, probably. Yeah. Um, so some experience le- left. But um, I'd say just get more talent into the, the list. Talia seemed harsh to me. Yeah, I think he's been injured for a long uh, period of time as well. So someone will make a reclamation project of him, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, could see um, like a Bulldogs or something yeah. like that. His brother used to play there, but also they kind of need a tall defender to yeah. finalise that twenty-two. I'd say um, there's a couple of South Australian boys on Sydney's list. Yeah. I reckon that they'll go after. So Sydney have a salary cap squeeze at the moment, and Dylan Stevens. Players, you're thinking? D- Dylan Stevens is one of them. Jordan Dawson, I believe, is still out of contract, having a very good year. That would be two very big targets for Adelaide to pull uh, off, particularly Dawson. And, and Stevens mm. was picked five or six, like, two yeah. years ago. So, I uh, I, th- I, thought, I think they also need a bit of outside class in that youthful group as well. So, Yeah, Stevens would work well with what they're trying to do. Yeah, I imagine they're going to be all over him. Uh, how would you grade this season? Ooh, probably a D plus. I give him a B. Adelaide? Yeah. Maybe yeah. a wooden spooners last year. Yeah, I guess, but still, they sort of should... Oh, maybe I'm being... Overhyped on that back half of last year from them, but yeah, so they won like th- yeah. their last three, I think. Or yeah, and then they start, continued it with a good start and then just went to Pierce. Yeah, so maybe a C minus. Fair enough, D plus. I'll stay with the B. I think they have enough um, out of this year in terms of positives and moved up the ladder significantly. Avoided as another spoon. Kane Corn said it was like the worst list in the league. Kane Corn's <laughs> talk some shit, but. He's a hot anyway. take merchant, if ever I've seen one. He is, yeah. Yeah, he is. He yeah. literally, you almost think he just creates headlines for a living. Yeah. That's quite literally what he does. But mm. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to the Hawthorne Footy Club. Position 14th on the ladder, fifth last. Their record was seven wins, two draws, and 13 losses, with a percentage of 85.2%. What do you make of Hawthorne? Late climb from them. They were very low earlier in the year when I was paying closer attention. They've had a bit of a late climb. I think they were second last with not too long. In the last uh, six games, they went 3-2-1. Not um, bad. Two draws. It's quite crazy. That, one of those Very draws well, was yeah. Melbourne as well. Um, so, yeah, what have, what have you made of them? Uh, yeah, you sort of expected them to sort of be plodding around in the sort of mediocre positions of the ladder. Mm. But, like, they did maximise what talent they had, sort of, I sort of thought, because I didn't think they were that talented a list, especially with the injuries and stuff they've dealt with. Mm. Like, no Sicily yeah. for the year, pretty much. Yeah, that's true. Um, they did get two extra wins this year. Um, and they only lost one game in the last six after Clarkson announced that he was not... Go- well, yeah, they announced that he wasn't going to be coaching on. And I, d- I had this theory that I wonder if... If you remember when Bolton got sacked at Carlton and T yeah. took over, they immediately started winning. Yeah. Because I, from memory... The players were... And Teague also brought in a few of the veteran guys that mm. Bolton was trying to... That's get what I mean. Like, into, yeah. That's right. I don't know with Clarkson if, if at the end of the year he just thought, you know, I'm not going to be around here next year. Uh, let's just try and win every game. <laughs> the, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it's a theory worth exploring. Maybe mm. someone who watches Hawthorne a bit more closely than me can um, can confirm that. Mid-season draftees were very successful at Hawthorne. Yeah. Uh, Jai Newcomb came in and broke the tackles record for a debutante in his first game. And uh, Lucky Bramble. Oh, he broke the debutante record in his first game, did he? The tap for tackles. Yeah, he broke the debutante record in his first game. 
I'm confused at what you're saying. Uh, it's kind of implied by saying he broke the debutante. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. I'm with you, I'm with you. <laughs> um, Bramble was a real p- good pickup mm-hmm. for him as well. Uh, nice little half forward for my fantasy team. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so th- that is something. It's not too often that somebody makes a massive success of the mid-season draft. So um be interesting to see yeah. what they get out of those players long-term. I think the young forwards in particular for the Kaczynski and Mitch Lewis. So Hawthorne was sort of, have been highlighted in the past for maybe not having the best young key position stocks. So they drafted Denver Granger Brass. And then someone like a Kaczynski and Mitch Lewis look promising this year. They laid picks like those. Too. Exactly, yeah, exactly right. And I think that's why people sort of on the surface look at that and go, okay, so you don't really have any high-talented uh, forwards. They traded in John Patton, um, obviously, but that didn't really work out. But um, He got himself into some strife. Yeah, and I think they can still add to that key position stocks, but uh, it's it's a bit better than I think people realise. And, and Dylan Moore was another huge positive as a young sort of... Um, forward. Pressure forward, yeah, exactly. midi type guy. Down back, Scrimshaw and uh, Chankuth Jeff yep. were uh, really promising. Yeah, Scrimshaw had a great year. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were both quite good. Uh, and Tom Mitchell had a good season. Mm. So I, I think there's some positives there. I Do, do you think they kind of underachieved a little bit because I actually think that when you look at that best 22, comparing it to the other bottom four or five sides, it's pretty experienced. Like Mitchell, O'Meara, yeah. Warple. It's better Sicily. than Sicily. It's better than who they're above. Shields as well. They're a clear tier above the teams they're above on the ladder. So mm. you could almost, if you're going to tier the ladder, it'd be like those first teams we mentioned, then Hawthorne's the start of the next tier. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is like, we look at their last six rounds and think, gee, that's promising for a young side. But I do wonder if I think. That last six rounds is probably how you should have always been performing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, With the experience on their list. Uh, they did have some injuries this year, so you did highlight James Sicily. Uh, Will Day is also one of their best young talents, yep. probably close to their... Their first their first round pick in God knows how long. Yeah, wasn't. yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, and Denver Granger-Brass, the other first round pick, or top top five pick, I think yeah, it was yeah, in it was the pick end. Yeah, pick five. Pick five. Um, so that, that's, I guess that's the downside, the fact that he didn't get games into these first-rounders. Um, <clears throat> but they can't really control that. It's just a negative. Um, and I guess uh, to the other negative, I guess, is that their late-season winning streak kind of cost them their draft position as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a weird, um, it's a weird dynamic there. With like, would you prefer to finish the season as strongly as they did um, or would you rather have potentially a Jason Horn or... Oh, Finn Callahan or something like that. You'd probably rather the latter, considering Clarkson's gone. Like if it was Clarkson mm. instilling something that he could build on next year, maybe yeah. you'd rather that. But the fact he's gone and they're starting with a new coach anyway, you'd probably almost rather the influx of talent. Yeah, that's true. And I, I think it's fairly even in that draft range anyway. Yeah. So if they can't get a Jason Horn Francis or whatever, um, not a big deal. But I thought it was just worth pointing out. Some fans... Like, I remember when the Eagles did the same thing in 2009. We won our last, four of our last five, and people were like, oh, we've missed out on Morabito. <laughs> um, but we ended up taking Brad Shepard, so yeah. all Australian. Anyway, um, overall, what are, your, what are your thoughts on the Clarkson leaving? Uh, probably a little preemptive, but I guess they felt Sam Mitchell was ready, and that was sort of the plan, I think, mm. since they pinched him back from you guys. Yeah. It was sort of probably on the cards. Yeah. I think it's a bit of a shame. I understand why they did it because they think Sam Mitchell is too good to give up and frankly, he's going to be demanding a yeah. senior coach. He could have got so. the Collingwood or Carlton job if the Carlton uh, job yeah. comes open. Yeah, I reckon he probably would have ended up the Collingwood coach yeah. to be completely honest if um, if they'd let him sort of stroll into that yeah. interview process. But um, yeah, it's unfortunate when I think Clarkson still has plenty to give. Mm. So when you've got the almost the, the goat, goat coach. Yeah. I'd say goat coach. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a bit weird to be honest. 
Yeah, a bit funky. Yeah. Um, draft selections, they have picks 5, 21, 24, and then 56. What would you do if you're Hawthorne this offseason? You could try something like package those two second rounders and try and get another first. Something, try and get a couple of high-end kids in rather than your depth-type kids that they've sort of had the emphasis on. You're right. I do, uh, from my very shallow knowledge of the draft this year, though, I do think it evens out quite a bit after the first round. Okay. So I don't know if that... So you think it could be worth having the two dips in the second? Yeah. Yeah. So that remains to be seen. But generally, kids rather than experience? Is that what you're you're thinking? Yeah, like tie-end. Like you want the top talented Mm. kids rather than sort of like kids who you're like, yeah, this kid could be like my 18th Mm. man in my 22. You want a kid who's like, yeah, that kid could be the next Dusty Martin. You want those that tier of talent, not like a, yeah, he'll fill out my team nicely. 18th man in your 22 sounds like your love life. Yeah, um, I think think they could certainly add youth. I I think that's where they're at. But um, key positions are still something I would add to. It's not terrible anymore. Yeah. But uh, you do need a few Options. extra bites at the cherry to really nail like yeah. a really gun key forward. One player I've heard they're linked to is Jared Brander from the Eagles. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that progresses. It doesn't sound like um, it, the, the Eagles are any chance of retaining Brander and he's a former first-round draft pick with a lot of promise mm. played out of position. So I could see him... Oh, what, Brander's gone, gone, you reckon? Yeah, almost certainly. Oh, it hasn't okay. been announced, but it's one of those things where everyone knows before it's announced. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the Chera situation, yeah. but without the media interest. Because you got Brand is not that good. So, um, anyway, grade grade their season. C C plus, probably a C. Mm. Just yeah, did what you sort of expect with a changing over list. I gave them a C as well, um, and I think the outlook for next season could be good. I think they're a smoky for the eight because I think they're underachieved, and you've also got some gun players like Sicily, Gunston, and Day to return to the side. So there's upside there, unless they yeah. trade Gunston, but. Um, yeah, that's something you hear in whispers about. Yeah, that happened last year as well to Collingwood or Brisbane uh, or whatever. Um, never quite eventuated. Yeah, how always happens around those Hawthorne veterans, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they could use him, to be honest. Yeah. Let's talk about Carlton. They finished thirteenth with a record of eight and fourteen and a percentage of eighty-eight point five percent positives. You go. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really think of any really There's some clear ones so we, uh, Mackay yeah, Mackay, Mackay won the yeah. common Mackay is the one yeah. Yeah. Mackay won, uh, won the common 58 goals from 19 games um, uh, Won it fairly comfortably Despite playing um, Obviously missing some games With injury mm. Didn't play the last couple He carried their forward line really Yeah um, Which is a bit of a surprise Because mm. the way that Charlie Kerno Is sort of billed as, By a them as The next one, gun yeah. And then Harry Mackay is, It's like was yeah, the fill-out guy. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah. I mean, he was still a top-ten pick, mm. but um, it's hard to imagine Kerno being better now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just funny how that's worked out. Sam Walsh, potentially All-Australian, um, quite conceivably yeah. All-Australian. Brownlow, Smokey. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Jones and Weedering as defenders yep. individually were good. I don't know if they got their defensive unit as a whole yeah. on point this year, but um, individually those guys were good. Um, and someone like a Matthew Kennedy, sort of. Yeah, um, Matthew Kennedy. He was pretty good Matthew this year. Kennedy. After I think he fell out of the side at one. Yeah, point. he came back in around around mid teens. Yeah, because I picked him up in fantasy as a buddy, beautiful pickup. Mm, yeah, he's handsome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, that that's something that really lacked. I think is midfield support. So we were used to talk about it as Paddy Cripps, who's going to support Paddy Cripps, and yeah. now we're talking about who's going to uh, support yeah. Sam Walsh. And now you got Teggy's manager coming out taking. Talking shit about Cripps. I haven't seen that. Oh, you didn't see that? Pickering came out saying, like, yeah, Cripps has been shit. He's, like, got to pick up his game and all this stuff. Yeah, right. He was pretty scathing of him, really. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Teague's manager. Is yeah, because like, okay. yeah, because it sounds like well, the reason people are thinking is because Teague's trying to get fired now. They reckon. Yeah, so it's, I have noticed that Teague has uh, made a couple of public comments. Like uh, he didn't like how Carlton's review process, yeah. the outcome was announced in the media. It's like if a head coach is saying that, it doesn't sound yeah. like someone who's like yeah. invested in the organization. Yeah, I think he's sort of seeing the writing on the wall. Like even if they keep him another year, he's probably screwed at the end of next year. So he's sort of like, fuck it. Yeah. Say what I think. They got to pay me out if they sack me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to go through the negatives first, but yeah, what, what would you do in terms of Teague? You, you kind of touched on it. You think... Um, I'd personally keep him the one more year and yeah. give him another sort of chance to build on it. Like he's had like a better record than like Clarkson and Hardwick did in their first 50 games. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I think the difference with Carlton is that uh, certainly when ha- uh, Hardwick and Clarkson took over... We're going back a while for Clarkson. I think that was about 2004, 2005. Yeah. We, there was no expectation on those clubs. Like, I remember when Hardwood took over, there was talk at Richmond, we're not going to win a game that season. We ended up winning yeah. the spoon, and I remember fondly, <laughs> not fondly, that Jack Rewalt <laughs> kicked 10 goals on us in the MCG. Yeah. I'll never forget that. Hardwick just turned them yeah. over. You, it's hard to... It's hard to just compare those numbers against Teague and say, oh, well, those guys did it, so Teague mm. could do it. Because we're talking yeah. about the two greatest coaches of the last 20 yeah. years, probably. Um, but the thing is with Carlton, they've never given coaches a good chance. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, Ratton was there for a while. Yeah, I guess. Do you mean, or you mean Bolton, really? Bolton mainly. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, a lot of Carlton fans think that Ratton was sacked prematurely as well, mm. to be fair. Uh, I, I, the, my point I started to make with, with Carlton is that the expectation is there. So that they've been rebuilding. They've gone through a couple of little rebuilds there. The Wietering pick one, Walsh pick one in that time. They lack senior quality, for, and they have done for a while. But the expectation was this year where they were going to take a mm. step. They traded in Sard and Williams on big money. That's the big disappointments. Like all these guys where they've blew it in on big contracts who have mm. done fuck all. They've been criticised for trading in three... Massive contracts for flankers. Williams, yeah. Saad, Jack Martin. Yeah. None of them have really fired. Yeah. Even McGovern. Like, literally, McGovern's people, another one, even yeah. literally at the point, like I was scrolling Reddit before this and like the memes, like, yeah, people will just take these contracts with Carlton and just like yeah. do fuck all and get good money. Well, so. hopefully Adam Cherrett does the same thing <laughs> from your perspective. Fucking oath. <laughs> um, yeah, so the continued bur- uh, burst of five, uh, conceding five goals and or a five-goal swing as well is what... Carlton still have an issue with under T, controlling momentum bursts. Second most points conceded in the league. So while I said that those individual defenders were doing well, they were actually quite a leaky defense as a unit, but that also comes down to midfield pressure and, and all that stuff as well. The negative is Cripps not quite returning to the form in which they obviously hoped, and many people pegged that this would be the year, but I have no idea what's going on with his body. There's been a lot of smoke and mirrors about that. Yeah, the back issues earlier in the year. Yeah, he's probably injured, to be honest. But either way, it's a negative that he didn't quite recapture that form. Um, And they only improved by one win on last year, ultimately, uh, with with more games. So one win from an extra five games. The draft selections are 6, 25, and 61. So not a massively strong hold on the draft, especially if they're going to go for Chera. What what do you think they should... uh, If you're Carlton, put yourself at Carlton's shoes, Mm -hmm. ignore Fremantle for a second, what would you give up for Chera? Pick six? That's the basis. I try. If I was them, I'd try and go pick six and like a future second or something. That's what I'd mm. sort of try and come into the negotiations on. But realistically, I'd be probably prepared to pay a little more. 
Really? Because he is out of contract, don't forget, which is a different mm. dynamic to your other players that have left Fremantle. And we are sort of treading into Fremantle territory here. Mm. But I do think pick six on its own. I think Hartland will try and get out of paying that at all. Well, apparently I was, what I was reading about, both teams have sort of acknowledged that's sort of like the mm. going to be the basis of its pick six. I think pick six is about right, to mm. be honest. Yeah. I think we need a little more out of it. Yeah, but you don't have the bargaining power. Well, again, we, we're treading into Fremantle territory yeah. here. I think Chera would be right. an astute pickup for Carlton considering they need quality midfield depth. Mm. That's the biggest Achilles heel. Yeah. Um, obviously, Mark Murphy hasn't been the same player for a while now, but he's retiring. Um, Sam Walsh is emerging and there's... No one really to help pick up the slack. Matthew Kennedy, yes. Paddy Dow. Like, I think Cher is a lot more reliable as a prospect. So, how would you grade their season? D plus. Yeah. I'd probably say... Oh, yeah, I found that Pickering quote. It was specifically, he reckons Cripps is no longer an A grader. Okay. And the way he's played the last two years has been very ordinary. He had 17 disposals, no kicks, negative three metres gained. Jeez, he's had a lot of injuries, a lot of excuses for injuries. That is quite scathing. What was yeah. the context, though? Cause it, it was him on trade radio. Yeah, Whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It is quite scathing in any way you slice it anyway. Uh, I think a D-plus is probably about right. Yeah. Um, I think just to their expectations, they would have come in nowhere near it. I think I followed Blue Abroad. He's been a, on the podcast before. Uh, a great channel. Go check it out if you're a Carlton fan or even if you're not. I still, it's still worth watching um, Terry's <laughs> game reviews. I love, I love watching. He's very entertaining. Uh, but you can just tell they're very flat as a fan base on that basis. And the lack of improvement, yeah. despite individuals playing well, uh, hasn't come. So yeah, I think my Carlton D-plus. supporting friends have been fire tag one week, next week keep him, fire yeah. him, keep him. Buddy. Yeah, that's it. All right, we'll move down to Richmond now. Oh, hoy. Who they, would have thought we'd be covering them in this podcast? Yeah, well, they're not the only team that I wouldn't have expected. Four finalists from last year will uh, be in this um, <laughs> this podcast as well. Uh, including my points, unfortunately. But Richmond finished 12th. They had nine wins, one draw, 12 losses, and a percentage of 97.9%. Uh, what do you, what positives come to mind for Richmond this year? Maybe, like, some of the kids have sort of... Like, some of the depth guys have sort of had a chance to have to play those bigger roles. So mm. when they're healthier and better next year, they'll be better for that growth that they've sort of had. Mm. That's probably the one way you could spin it, really, but... I feel like they've had moments where they've looked like Richmond this year, and uh. that's about it. So uh, they beat the Dogs earlier this year, um, and that seemed like a Richmond-like performance. We watched that game, and we're like, oh, yeah, that's about right. GWS, they came from behind from memory and beat them by four points. And at the Dreamtime game, saw them up close. They were far too good for Essendon, who ended uh. up making the finals and beat West Coast the week before. Um, an absolute giant just that fourth there. quarter though but even that Essendon game the Showtime game you alluded to was that fourth quarter more than anything Essendon was sort of like mm. it was that fourth quarter where Richmond were Richmond and where they got yeah, away yeah. It, the whole I, I felt Richmond were in control that game though probably but it, yeah. it, they weren't 40 points better but it was mm. a good quality contest it wasn't like two average teams uh-huh. um but anyway, that's, so that was the biggest positive for Richmond. <laughs> uh, yeah, so got games into some some kids, but I, I still think, understandably so, as a team that's been contending, and like other clubs, including my own, the quality youth isn't quite on par with other teams. Yeah, their youth that's fair. is pretty low. That's fair to say. Definitely. Um, but they're going to have a good draft hand this year. Here's a bit of a positive spin for you. This is their first final series off for like five or six years. So there's yeah. a lot of old boys, old tired bodies on that list mm. who have been playing deep into September or deep into October last year that have not come up this year. And 
the positive for them then is Dusty Martin. Okay, so he's got a kidney injury. That's not ideal. But guys like him have an extra month to recover, which could set them up for a big year next year. Yeah, it'll help them next year, I think. Yeah. The negatives are... Um, Performance on field. Yeah, generally. <laughs> generally, their football has been negative. General sucking. <laughs> um, is that Kenobi's brother? Uh, negatives are two wins and eight losses from their last ten. And uh, Josh Kennedy's goal really cursed them. Oh, yeah. Which is great if it didn't happen to us as well. <laughs> uh, it's their worst run since about 2014. Uh, they missed the finals after going back-to-back, so an ob- obvious negative there. And injuries crueled their um, their best players. So, uh, not best players, sorry, their key players in, uh, obviously, Dusty Martin, Hawley, Prestia, Noah Bolter, and... Uh, Lynchy was down for patches. Yeah, Broad was another one. Um, you're really huffing away on that vape, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Plenty of juice. Is it a painkiller for you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, your knee injuries are uh, flaring up. Yeah, mate. The old trick knee. Uh, only four players on Richmond's list played four games. Uh, four, uh, sorry, every, only four players on their list played every game. Rewalt, Graham, and two others that are escaping me right now. It uh, doesn't really matter. That's, that's a really low number. So they had issues with continuity and availability of their, their players, and they have that more of an excuse against comparing someone like a West Coast. Um, we did have a lot of injuries, but I, I think... I'll say your health was pretty cooked. Yeah, but our form got worse when our players came back, so I don't, I don't think we can rely on that excuse, whereas Richmond probably can a little bit more. Uh, and there's just some fatigue as well when you've been, you know, top-level performer for so long. They needed a motivator, shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so their draft hand is pretty good this year. They've got four picks in the first 28, 7, 16, 26, 28. Um, are you all right? Yeah. <laughs> You're just massively smashing that. I'm getting what's left in it. Yeah, all right, I see. last... Bit. Okay, no, nah, it's all good. I just thought you were in incredible pain and not telling me or something <laughs> no. like that. The green whistle, baby. Yeah. Uh, their off-season strategy. Uh, with where they're at, do you think they top up or do they draft down? In a hypothetical world where there's players on the market they could trade to improve. I thought they would have tried to stick their fingers in the chair or ring a bit more. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that phrasing probably wasn't the best. Why do you have a habit of saying these things in the most disgusting way? <laughs> Just the vernacular that comes to mind yeah, at the top. Yeah, um, yeah right. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I don't know why that's the case. So if Chera hasn't really... I th- the thing I heard was money. They didn't want to pay him what he's okay. getting, which isn't unreasonable. Well, if you accept that the Tom Mitchell rumours were true, they must be willing to pay someone a bit of money. Uh-huh. But maybe they don't deem Chera as worthy of that cost, yeah. which is conceivable. Mm. Um, I think this is a year where they should top... Uh, so to just hit the draft. Um, I think it's it wouldn't be dumb like it's pretty yeah. smart like they could do with some more top end kids yeah and I don't know if there's anyone on the market that would like other than a Chera um, who would improve them straight away like yeah, I, I think they need a good quality midfielder to mm. tail up that midfield progression along yeah but if none presents this year maybe just go pick seven and hope mm. to pick up the best midfielder in the draft and sometimes those guys can help flag uh, pushes anyway I graded them an F do you agree big old F yeah big old F there's a few teams in here with um Big old Fs. Yeah. They're not quite a troll like Collingwood. But no, that's right. A big old F. Okay. Speaking of big olds, let's talk about Fremantle, oh. uh, who finished 11th on the ladder and a record of 10 wins and 12 losses and a percentage of 86.5%. I'll let you take this away. How I'm going to need a painkiller for oh, this God, one. All right. So um, I'll talk you through while you're huffing down and that. Um, they improved by three wins this year and they won a derby. So... Uh, if you'd offered any Fremantle fan that at the start of the year, they would have jumped at that. 
Is that how you feel? Uh, there was a lot of people that thought finals. I personally wasn't one of them. I sort of thought pretty much what happened this year would happen. Mm. It still is kind of a bit like... You're kind of still a bit dejected about it at this point, mm. but it is improvement. We are looking in the right direction. Like you can't be like pissed off at the direction the club's going. Like mm. it, they're doing the right thing. It's improving. There's a clear improvement this year. Yeah, yeah. They, they were on the back end of the finals race. That was very weak this year, though. Mm. To to flip. Yeah, it, it was going to be a Brad. Point. It was always going to be a Stephen Bradbury if we made it. Yeah, yeah. The the teams that. Like seventh and eighth were clearly much worse than sixth. Mm. The fact that West Coast, St Kilda, um, in particular, and even Richmond were still a chance to play finals in the couple in the last fortnight is an indictment on the competition. <laughs> oh, in Fremantle's case, they are the youngest and probably most promising group yeah. team in that group. So that that's not a negative. Where were the group that? On the upward end of our trajectory, the rest of the group where we're in was at the absolute bottom ends of their sort of projections. Yeah, perhaps. Sort of say. Yeah, yeah. Although some of those teams I still think could sort their shit out. But yeah. Uh, in terms of individuals, Andrew Brayshaw went, took huge steps. Looks like he could be in All-Australian as early as next year. Sean Darcy's probably the, fridge, one of the better yes. young uh, rucks in the game. David Mundy, uh, the way Evergreen. his season. Yeah, absolutely. Caleb Sarong was huge. Mm. Ross Glendilling Allen, medalist. Back half of the year, that where they sort of started letting Sarong loose a bit more. That mm. was good. Like Even though the tagging probably was valuable experience for him, ultimately, mm. you got to let him loose. Yeah, he's, he's an, an absolute, absolute pig gun. of a man. He's a pig of a man, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he racks that ball up. Yeah, he's a bit of a little shit, and I mean that in the best possible yeah. way. Like uh, I really, really like Caleb Sarong. Finally, a key forward prospect. How do you feel about Josh Tracy? I've, I like what I've seen. Like, it'll take time. Like, he's a kid you've taken in the rookie draft. Like, you could even say the same thing about Tabner and look how long he's taken to look like a half competent AFL player. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to his credit, he's gotten there like the past couple of years. He's actually looked good old tabs. Mm-hmm. I was, as a little quick aside, I was listening to him on the podcast with Buddy Mundy and Logue the other day. And I was just sitting there going, no wonder I bag this guy so much. He's literally me. <laughs> just like no literally hateable <laughs> no like literally just like that sort of like just random goofy like they literally like he was copping shit for not tying something down the roof of cars like i've literally copped shit for the exact same have you <laughs> what do you mean you, you got in a car and drove off without tying something down like well, i thought i tied this big because <laughs> mate hashi bought this big chair and i thought i tied it down we're going down the freeway back from like Waruna and it's like we just hear the chair start flapping. <laughs> Tabner was telling a very similar story, but it was a kayak he didn't tie down. Yeah, right. But we both also denied our involvement because it was sort of like other people were sort of involved as well. Mm, mm. But yeah, like he sort of seems like have that sort of similar personality. So it's like it's really self hatred here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, back to Fremantle. A couple of role players. Tabner uh, is Fremantle. What are you talking about? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, I, a couple of role players emerged this year. Schultz and Switkowski, I think, are two players that um, a lot of Fremantle fans really like. We need fucking Schultz re-signed fucking yesterday. He's is he st- not re-signed? Yeah, there's still whispers of Hawthorne fucking trying to get him. Is he Is he West Australian or Victorian? Vic. Ooh. But he's Vic, like, country. He's, like, yeah. a good... That's a bit stinky. I didn't realise yeah. he was still out of contract. Yeah. Is he on the rookie list still? Not too sure. I think he's senior, but... Okay. Yeah. Well, that is something to watch. Mm. That would be a massive If we blow. lose him, that'll piss me off more than Chara. The morale side of things as much as anything mm. as well for a player that's... I think if he's a real and he's very well liked. And he's a big moment player a yeah. little bit for a guy that, yeah, isn't taken early in the draft or anything like that. He's yeah. decent, yeah. And he's very well liked in the club. Yeah. What negatives come to mind for you for Fremantle if you had to pick some? Inconsistency, like... Yep. Because we've had the highs, but then we've also had some crushing lows. 
just some abysmal games where I've just been like, why the fuck do I bother with football? Were you really dejected in round 23 against St Kilda? A lot of uh, Dockers fans, sorry, have been very negative on that performance. I've missed most of it, luckily, because I was out having birthday oh, lunch, yeah, fortunately. True. true, that is a good one to miss, yeah. Yeah, I was glad I missed that one for my birthday, but yeah, like... The pa- like more the past six eight weeks like they've been like almost bad for my mental health at times <laughs> just like just like the fluctuations of how negative and how positive they sort of make it right, feel it's just yeah. like, too it much of a roller coaster sometimes pretty consistent with a young team though mm. so but twenty five years like it's yeah but not just this iteration it's just like the same shit for twenty five fucking years yeah I know you can't take it out of context though you just got to assess it on this group of players which have been a five to six year rebuild yeah. and this is the best version that we've ever seen of them yeah yeah and some of your best players are your kids already so <laughs> yeah uh injuries in general I think it's still injuries were bad, you yeah. really need to get a hold of it you sacked was it where Weber Weber yeah. yeah um and then the injuries continued yeah <laughs> so um Fife in particular didn't escape injury this year. Lob missed most, oh, half the year or something like that, yeah. right? Uh, but just generally speaking. Yeah, everyone was out for patches. Yeah. If I had to pick up on something as well for Fremantle, it would just be a bit of forward potency, potency mm. particular accuracy in front of goal. Yeah. Um, that really killed momentum at times. Yeah, they year, couldn't so. hit water if they fell over boat sometimes. Yeah. Uh, the draft selections are 8, 27, and 81. So not much of a draft Whole, whole, uh, whole this year as such but they will probably be trading Adam Chera we'll maybe to come so there's yeah, there's room for that to grow what what do you want to do this off season get like a couple of good local kids or if there's like a standout I'm talking about football yeah. oh okay <laughs> like someone versus like we can see them sort of filling a role for us like if there's like a WA kid that's like plays a role where we've got access maybe not but if there's any like slight deviation between the WA and someone else, sort of go to the local kid. I sort of feel at this point, like because we've sort of taken, we've got enough of those top end. Maybe unless there's like a top end key forward or back mm. that we can take a flyer on. Beyond that, if it's like a mid or whatever, and there's a slight difference in talent, take the local safer kid. Yeah, even if they have a bit less star factor, I think at this point we've yeah. taken enough of those guys with star factor, mm. like your Sarongs and Brayshaws. Yeah. They can be the A graders. We need those sort of good B graders that'll be there for 10, 15 years and yeah. be a part of it for long. Like your Isaac Smith type of dudes for Hawthorne. He wasn't necessarily like a top guy for those Hawthorne teams in their peak, but mm. he was a pivotal guy for that whole stretch. Like we didn't need those type of guys, and I think we have a much better chance of getting them from WA yeah, or Vic okay. Country. Yeah, right. It's it's a shame that you have to start thinking like that. Just mm. recruit, change your recruiting based on where the, pl- the players are mm. from. But I, I do get it. Um, overall grade? Probably B, C plus. Yeah, I went, I went B. I think yeah. just incremental improvement. Yeah, won a derby. Mm, yeah, that was a thank fuck. We finally won a bloody derby. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about St Kilda. They finished tenth uh, with a record of ten wins and twelve losses this year, with a percentage of ninety one point five percent. Another one of these, one of four teams in this uh, in this review where their pre-season expectations would have far outshadowed what they actually produced this year. And it was pretty evident early in the season that they weren't going to deliver on mm. those expectations, having won a final last year. Um, they had some really pathetic performances. We'll start off with the positive stuff. Um, Jack Steele, outside chance yeah. for the Brownlow. Yeah, um, great year. Not realistically going to win it, but um, certainly probably all-strand quality. Yeah, in the thick. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Max King. Mm. Have you liked what you've seen of Max King? Yeah, it's been good to see him get on the park after he's like cowfish issues early mm. and he's like pre- draft career yeah 
and like getting himself his body under him it's good to see him get some results from it when he fills out and mm. like hits his peak he's going to be unstoppable uh, he is so good 202 centimeters mm. of man meat and uh, then um, quick as shit both of them yeah yeah they're both fantastic and he ended up kicking nearly 40 goals this year i think as well max king maxi did shit yeah he? like 38 i think or at least 38 uh, going into the final round i can't remember exactly but um yeah, it kicked six goals against mm. West Coast, so I saw up close what he's capable of, and uh-huh. the King Twins are stars. But um, it wasn't there wasn't too much optimism going about this year. I remember their poor start. They showed some life at times, though. Like, do you remember that when we live streamed the first yeah. St Kilda Eagles game, and they overran us, came back yeah. from thirty-two points down, and yeah, I had the money on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah good times. Um, yeah. I got on at halftime at like ten bucks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, we we saw there was life in that team, mm. and that they, they just yeah. kept falling away, and then kept yeah. coming back and falling away, and ultimately they're just not really realistically a finals chance. But um, Brad Crouch came in, built a little bit of momentum uh, from St. Kil- uh, from Adelaide. Uh, Brad Hill started the year poorly, moved mm. onto a half back flank to varying success. But um, other than that. Uh, it's uh it's it's a pretty bleak year for St Kilda I would say. Negatives would include some really really pathetic losses. Yeah. 75 points against Essendon. That was stunning when yeah. it happened. Essendon ended up finishing higher. Yeah. 111 points against the Dogs. Oh, 144 to, to 33. Yeah, that was bloody piss poor. To com- uh, compound that, they coughed up big leads against Adelaide and Geelong. Uh five goals for both of those games, maybe six against Adelaide. Uh ended up losing both and ultimately that cost them a top 8 spot. Yeah. Inaccuracy in front of goal, like like your boys as well. And uh, Dan Butler's a player who... Um, Big down year from him compared to last year. It's probably harsh to single him out, but that's very true. He was one yeah. of the best small forwards in the game last year and this year. Did yeah. he end up getting an All-Australian last year? No, I think Liam Ryan got it and a lot yeah. of people were upset about that, although I'll yeah. back Liam Ryan. Because <laughs> he was that. in the 40, though, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was certainly in that mix. They are clearly a better side when Ryder and Marshall were in that team together. And... They struggled to get them together through injuries. Funny, wasn't that injuries. last year when they were both playing, they were worse? Wasn't that the thing last year? Uh, I don't remember it that I way. remember last year they were sort of trying to figure out how to get co- have the two coexisting. I think they worked it out, though, from yeah. memory. Like, I think, I think they... They're, Based on this year, they worked it out, but I don't think last year they had uh, fully... I reckon, I reckon they did last year. They I remember there being a year. thing about not wanting to play both of them. I remember that being a narrative at Maybe at point. the start? I think people yeah. criticise the recruitment because it's like, why would you pick up Paddy Ryder when you got Roland Marshall? But I may, maybe at the start, but I, I reckon t- towards the end of last year, middle of last year, they they were really good together. Yeah. Um, and this year they just haven't gotten together um, at the same time. It's barely happened, and just generally underperformed for a team that won a final last year. So uh, I'm thinking an F. Are you thinking an F, or is that too harsh to drop from sixth well, to tenth? Because I. Remember, I wasn't as so. I sort of either had him in that scraping in finals or just missing finals, and they just missed finals. So probably a D, just because they just missed finals. Mm. Whereas it would have been a C if they'd just made finals. Uh, I'll give him an F. I, I just yeah. think it's not so much just the ladder position; it's just how far off they looked at times this year. Mm. Um, so they get an F for me. Their, their draft position is a nine is pick nine forty six sixty four. So not a lot of picks, but they've got a top ten pick. Uh, how would you advise them to go about this off season? With where their list profile is at, they have traded in a lot of players over the last two years. So yeah, they traded in like four or five best twenty-two players last year. I'd probably the year before almost split nine into a couple mm. of picks. Yeah, that that could be. A I good think idea. that'd be something worth doing. Taking a couple of like those mid late first second roundy type. Kit. Yeah, like who was that team we're talking about with the two twenties? I was suggesting they. 
uh, was it Hawthorne? Yeah, someone like that. Was they could you, someone like that could do those two picks yeah, if they wanted to try Hawthorne. and get that high end talent? Yeah, it was Hawthorne because I thought they needed more high end. Right. So yeah, yeah, you could do something like that, like a nine for a twenty-one and twenty-five yeah. or something. Yeah, which could work for St Kilda because, as you reckon, that second round group's pretty good. Yeah, pretty even. So you can have a couple of dips of that pie. Yeah, it get does. a couple of support players for a list that you expected to make the eight. A couple of guys that could help add consistency to that list rather than really push mm. the floor, sort of thing. Yeah, I, th- I think they can afford to go to the draft. I don't know if anyone's going to come up that's worth trading in they've traded in heavy they've probably spent yeah. a bit on contracts as well um Hanabry's still on their list for instance and yeah all like your butler your hill um yeah. Dougal Howard all those players are yeah. traded in Jack Egan's last year and someone else Zach Jones yeah, yeah. The, the list goes on they've traded in players and, and probably paying them a reasonable amount it's probably time to, to hit the draft um Let's move down to the West Coast Eagles. This is the final team we're going to mention because they uh, finished ninth, which... Uh, best of the worst. Yeah, I wouldn't even necessarily lock that in. <laughs> necessarily <laughs> as best of the worst, but the Eagles have this fucking habit of finishing in the worst spot on the ladder. So the last two years, we finished fifth and fifth, which is basically you're the best team that's not a premiership contender. Can't really yeah. win it from fifth. And then ninth, which is considered the worst spot to finish on the ladder. You don't get a final and you have the worst draft pick of any team that didn't play finals. <laughs> Their record was 10 and 12 with a percentage of 93.2%. Positives. Their early season performances <laughs> against the power are uh, Dogs and Frio. So, um, and one of them was a loss. But uh, we did nearly beat the Dogs when they were playing well at Marvel. Probably should have won that game. Uh, but we actually looked up to standard then. Uh. And things fell away badly after that. We crunched the power. Uh, we crunched Frio as well. That was our, uh. probably our best performance of the year. Nick Nat Nui. Um, mid-season, we weren't really... I think I, I think we said we did an all Australian team, didn't we? Mm, yeah. And I think we said, or I said, if there was a second ruck pick this year, it would be Nick Nat Nui. But I don't think there should be a second ruck pick. But yeah. I am starting to go back on that. He mm. made the all Australian squad, and I think the there are three rucks that made the all Australian squad. That's the squad, yeah. But yeah. whether they pick two for the field, yeah. I don't know. But I think he would be the clear second choice now. Mm. Now I think about it, and I think they should pick him. He's been fantastic. Um, Kennedy and Darling have been criticised this year, but kicked 83 goals between them. Didn't hit top form, mm. so that's kind of positive. At least the key forwards work. Some exposure to the talented kids. Uh, I really like both Edwards's and uh, Bailey Williams got a bit of a crack as well. Yo has slowly built after a year off with osteitis pubis, which is a horrible injury for someone who relies on the explosiveness like he does, but he was fantastic in the last round. Uh, and the, just generally that last month, he came good. Shannon Hearn defies the, the age, <laughs> the years, um, he had a pretty good year and I'd say the win over Richmond um, was probably the biggest moment of joy I've had since the flag in terms of the drama of that so that was a positive for me that I took out of this year negatives Do you injuries yeah, that, that's very light. That's a very oh, light. That's just a yeah, nice little yeah. opening serve. Yes, the Eagles did have injuries this year. They were one of many teams that copped it hard, but we did also have significant games lost to Yo, Shui, Kelly, and Gov. This does not explain the form slump, but it is something to at least consider. Um, I think there's also a bunch of players playing sore. McGovern was clearly needing surgery. Uh, the same, same thing about mm. Sheed, um, and Shui might also <laughs> have another surgery or something stupid like that. Um, just, but ultimately, I think the pathetic performances in some instances. Um, the lows were very fucking pathetic. Yeah, as low as just some of the performance we've ever seen from the mm. Eagles. Two 90 point losses. Um, 
They've lost seven of their last nine by an average of 40. They conceded five goal leads multiple times um, against St. Kilda. They did it against yep. Essendon. They did it. They nearly lost the game against St. Kilda in the same fashion. Um, they've got the pr- list profile of a team comp- uh, contending for a flag, but we're absolutely nowhere near it. And the form of stars that are very highly paid at the moment is very concerning. Mm. I'm going to highlight McGovern and Gaff as players that just don't look anywhere near their selves. Again, yeah. I did just highlight McGovern as potentially carrying an injury. But he's also, wasn't he like second highest paid player in the league or some shit? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's a massive concern. It's telling that when Edwards came in to replace Gov at times this year, we didn't look any worse. In fact, Uh I was happier with Edwards in the team (laughs) at those times. Um, Yeah. And I just, I've been critical of the game plan this year. I've made that very obvious. There's been no plan B. That's probably as much what it is. Like Simo's stubbornly trying to stick to his kick to kick rather than sort of letting guys sort of try and run through the middle, get those chains of handballs going, Mm. which sort of seems to be the flavor of the month. Yeah. And the the thing is as well, I don't know how much of that is a lack of player confidence Mm. Uh, because he could be saying, take the game on more. And then their instincts are so hard drilled that they're not because they constantly under pressure and don't want to make mistakes I think that's been a, a real issue yeah. with the Eagles this year the unwillingness to make mistakes um, I would rather turn the ball over at least trying to play attackingly a little, at least a little bit more yeah. but what we, we saw with the Eagles is that they were playing conservatively kicking it around the field messing around and then they'd fucking turn it over yeah. so yeah less of that I've made that point very clear but uh, and, and the lack of youth for a team that could be in transition over the next couple of years uh, is something they need to address. So uh, their draft selections are 10, 29, 36, and 50, their first four. Um, off-season strategy, anything that comes to mind for you? Probably try and get a good hand of kids in this year's draft. Mm. Probably even maybe... What do you reckon you'll get for Brander? Yeah, so assuming Brander goes, probably like a second rounder uh, at best, to be honest. So you could even... Cause there's 18 WA kids going to the combine or whatever. So yeah, mm. few, yeah. So we might end up with a, another pick in that around the 30 mark, yeah. probably. I, I think I think our hands are tied with what we can achieve this season, this off season. Yeah. People talk about you know trade star players. It doesn't work. Yeah, like let's that. get Cornelio. That's <laughs> the bloody one I've heard the past couple of days. Oh, I mean, like Both o- offer up our stars, like <laughs> trade McGovern, trade oh. Darling. Like football just doesn't work that way. Like Collingwood did it with Trelaw, and everyone freaked the fuck out. So yeah. it's, it's just not realistic that we're going to say, mm. "Hey, would you like our star players?" And we'll take your draft picks. It just doesn't happen yeah. like that. The player needs to want to do to go first. Um, but our hands are tied because we have limited list uh, list space this year. Some of our, our most average players are contracted. I won't go into specifics, but I have strong views on that. Um, and oh, do sh- go into specifics. We're sure as hell not going to trade anyone in. So yeah. we've just got to hit the draft for the picks we have. It's going to be pretty low-key. Hmm. How would you grade the Eagles? Probably a D, F. I was going to say, I went with a fat F. So that gives Realistically, us, yeah. It gives us four teams that we've graded F. St. Kilda, yeah. Collingwood, West Coast, and Richmond. I gave St. Kilda a D, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. true. Okay, so I... Yeah, I'll give West Coast an F. Yeah, I think that's four teams that played finals last year yeah. and conceivably should have been going deep or aiming to go deep this year, yeah. in my opinion. So, yeah, huge misfire from the Eagles. Before we go, how uh, what's your outlook for the Eagles next season as a person who generally knocks them? Ooh. You probably rebound, really. I'll probably we, see a small rebound. I've I've slipped into press. fifth again, mate. Fifth again. <laughs> that that would be welcome, to be honest. <laughs> from this year, uh, I my preseason optimism's clicked back into gear. To be honest, I've been so <laughs> negative on the Eagles, but my logic is the Eagles haven't. Uh, 
they are an aging list, but our issues aren't anything to do with age. Mm. Some of our oldest players have been actually pretty good this year. Uh, it's more the structural issues. Yeah. I think fitness as well. I don't think we... And that's another positive for the Eagles. I've actually got a final series off in the same way I said yeah. about Richmond. One thing you could do, I think, is an assistant coaching shake-up. Well, we just lost Hickmott as our midfield coach to Hawthorne. Huh? So that's one gone. Yeah. Um, but I agree. And I think that's yeah. probably the worst part of the ground. To yeah. Honest. So that's yeah, how Yeah, the new mind in your midfield would be probably something yeah. worth getting in there. It's been a, bit of a revolving door of spuds since Sam Mitchell. So, yeah. yeah. I, I just think the Eagles, if they get fitter, I, I actually think there's no reason they won't snap back into the eight. I'm not going to make mm. any calls about top four or anything, but I think I think we'll be better than this year, to be honest. Mm. Um, but anyway, I'm sure people will disagree with that. Let us know in the comments what you think of that. And, You're um, either a shitload worse or a little bit better. Yeah. It either completely Sick. falls out the arse or you get a little bit better and scrape in the eight and probably lose an elimination final. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm more optimistic than that. I just won't put it on the record as saying I'm expecting... You've got a semi for them, is that what you're saying? I do, yeah. You've got a semi-final for them. <laughs> exactly. All right, that wraps up True Footy Podcast 80, guys. Thank you for uh, both listening and watching this um this podcast and all the season reviews so bloody um, 20 to go yeah that, that's it yeah i wonder when we get it probably this time next year yeah. probably best case scenario um cool guys thanks for listening cool. subscribe if you're new thank you busher for your hospitality and uh we'll see you very soon for the finals bloody earth catch ya